But I was thinking here in Philippians 4 how there is encouragement in the very first part of this chapter. Uh, Stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I was thinking about how uh, there's fellowship uh, in the first part of this chapter, uh, that they be of the same mind in the Lord, uh, true yoke fellows. Uh, I was thinking on how there is the peace that only God can give in this chapter. It says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and tells us, finally, brethren, he wants us to begin to think on good things, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that are good, uh, virtue, if they be any praise, if they be anything. He said, think on these things. And then he says some things here that really uh, caught my attention. Verse number 9, he says, The things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me, he said, do. So he's talking about the things that the, the church in Philippi had learned. And then he goes on in verse number 11, and he speaks of the things that he had learned. He says, uh, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. And he goes on to say, whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. And the Lord began to deal with me about Philippians chapter number 4. And the last uh, portions of this chapter, and uh, I didn't realize what all I was fixing to be studying. And uh, I didn't even realize that tonight is a continuation of last Wednesday night's preaching. Uh, But how many of you know the Lord knows, amen? He knows, and then when He deals with you about something and you study it, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, looks like God had a plan. That's amazing how that works, amen? So let's stand together in reverence of reading of the Scriptures, Philippians 4, beginning in verse number 14, and we'll read down to verse number 19, and uh, ask the Lord to help us on the work of the ministry. Notwithstanding, ye have, you ever notice these words? Ye have well done. You ever heard this before? What a blessing it would be to be able to stand before the Lord one day and hear these words. Well done, thou finish it. Good and faithful. Good and faithful what? Mm, It's interesting. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And look what Paul says. Notwithstanding ye have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity." Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Aphrodite the things which were sent from you. He says, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, 
well-pleasing to God. Notice what he says in verse 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the blessings and the privilege to be back in your house this evening. I thank you for each one that is here. I know it's a, a, uh, a hard time for a lot of folks. I also know it's a busy time. There's a lot of folks running all over, all over the country right now, busy. But I pray, Lord, that you would watch over each one. God, keep them safe. Lord, I pray tonight that you would continue to equip our church. God, continue to help me as the pastor of this church to lead us in a direction, God, that you would be pleased with. Lord, there's no doubt that in this coming year, God, you want this church to be a ministering church full of ministering people. There's no doubt, God, that you want this church uh, to help build up one another and encourage one another and be there for one another. And Lord, as you are beginning to stir in my heart, God, you're beginning to get my mind and my heart in a direction uh, to lead this congregation. I thank you for it. I praise you for it. And I ask you, Lord, to speak to hearts tonight. And we'll thank you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for standing. Good to see some folks with us tonight. We appreciate you as a bunch being here. We've got some of our preachers that are here. And uh, you guys are always a blessing. And uh, I'm thankful that you can come by and be with us tonight. I thank God for you. I noticed here first off, and I done pointed it out, in verse number 14. I noticed the words here, well done. Well done in verse number 14. And I noticed that he starts this verse with notwithstanding. In other words, nevertheless or besides. And then he goes on with this thought of, of when he was in need or when he lacked or when he was dealing with hard things or when he was being blessed in his life. Speaking of the Apostle Paul, he said, I have learned that no matter where I'm at in life, he said, uh, therewith to be content. But then he goes on with the thoughts and he continues in verse number 14 down through the verses that I've read. And I never will forget when we was in Maine several years ago, Brian Coates preached a message and he said this, the only way that you'll ever hear well done is you must have done well. The only way that you will ever hear the words well done is you have must in your life have done well. So evidently this Philippian church had done well. Evidently, and we see that here in our text, that this church really reached out and helped uh, the Apostle Paul. And I wrote this down in a way of introduction. Paul knew that whatever, good or bad, uh, whatever, if he had lots or if he had nothing, he said, I know that the Lord will help me. And he said, I know that Christ will strengthen me. And he says that in verse number 13. But then he goes on and said, there's things that you have learned in verse 9. And he said, there's things that I have learned in verse number 11. But then when we get to verse number 14, uh, we see here that he had learned something very important. And not only did he learn God's grace, but he learned contentment. 
And he learned that wherever he was at in life, that God surely was going to take care of him. And then he tells this church, he said, he said, you folks have done well. He said, you've done well. And he said, you have done well to help me, the people from Philippi. And when you read in verse number 14, I want to point out a couple of words to you that's very interesting when you study them. He said, notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. That word communicate there, you will find that word in verse number 14. And then you will also uh, find that same word in verse number 15, but they have two totally different meanings. We'll find here in verse number 14 that that word communicate means to share. And that word communicate means to fellowship. And that word communicate means, as we had studied last week, it means to be in union or it means to be get together and it means to help one another. But he says this, he says, he said, you have communicated with my afflictions. He said, the pressures of my life, the burdens that I have carried, the persecutions that I have faced. And he says, the trouble that I have dealt with in my life. And what Paul is saying is this. Now listen, this is very important. He said, the Lord has helped me through it all. If the Lord has helped you through it all, say amen. Amen. But he don't stop there. He says, the Lord has helped me through it all. And he said, I have realized that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But he don't stop there by saying the Lord has helped me through it all. He goes on to say that this church has also helped me through it all. I found that interesting. That here in these verses that we are studying tonight, see before this, above this, he is talking about what he had learned. He is talking about what they had learned. He is talking about the strength that Christ had given him. But now he is speaking directly to this church and he is letting this church know all through my afflictions, through my burdens, through the persecution, And through the trouble, he said, you as a group of believers has helped me. And he said, I am speaking these words to you. You have done well. In other words, he is saying to this church, well done church. Think about this Pleasant Hill. Think about the blessings that goes with the words to a church. Well done, church. Church, you have done well. That is my burden as your pastor. This church is an amazing place. You people are some amazing people. This church has reached out and helped people that we don't even know who they are. This church has done things for families and we might not ever see those families. This church has reached out in the community and the community has reached towards us and we have done things that that people will never even know. Only God in heaven knows. But boy, wouldn't it be a good plan? Wouldn't it be a good goal? Wouldn't it be a good purpose? Wouldn't it be a good motivation that all next year our desire as a church would just be able to hear the Lord say well done church wow well done church that's what really got my attention when I noticed how Paul was addressing this church in Philippi so well done then he goes on in verse 
number 15. And the second thought the Lord dealt with me about was not only did he say, well done, but then he goes on, he says, I want you to know also. I want you to know also. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, here's the word, communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. The Apostle Paul is saying, there's a lot of churches. There's a lot of places. There are a lot of people. But he is saying early in my preaching, uh, when he had departed from Macedonia, and you can read about that in Acts chapter number 17, where he was being persecuted by the Jews, and there was all kinds of needs that the Apostle Paul had. And you'll notice in verse 14, it said the church communicated. That means to share with union. But in verse number 15, he talks about their communication, and that means to distribute. To distribute. And then he goes on and he says, you know what you folks helped me with? And he said, you was the only church that helped me with it. This is what he said. He said, you was the only church that helped me with it. And he said, it was concerning giving. Concerning giving. Look what he said. He said, I departed from Macedonia. No church communicated with me as concerning, here's the words, giving and receiving but ye only. And when you study that word giving, guess what it means? It means ministering to. It means ministering to. And what Paul is saying is this. You was the only church that ministered to me. You was the only church that gave to me. You was the only church, the church in Philippi, you was the only ones that right in the middle of a hard time in my life, right in the middle of of, a persecution, right in the middle when the gospel was first being preached, right in the middle there in Macedonia. And then he goes on, he says, also in Thessalonica, he said, you were the folks that gave and helped me. They ministered to him. Don't die on me now. If you're with me, say amen. They ministered to him. And then, boy, my mind began to just go. I mean, it just began to go after that. Concerning giving. That word concerning giving not only means to minister, but you know what it means to minister with? It means to minister with a gift. And it not only means to minister with a gift, it goes on and it gives the application of that they ministered to him with a gift and it was delivered to him by a hand. And we read the man's name here that would deliver the things that that the church would give and, and the gifts that they would give. And we'll get into that in just a second. But what he was saying is this. You ministered me with the gifts that the church had sent and you give them to me with a hand. They were someone that delivered the gift. They were someone, it takes someone in the church to minister when there is needs and people need minister too. And the question is, will you be that one in the church that will go and minister? Will you be that one that will deliver that gift? Will you be that one that will say, look, I'm sent by God, but I'm also sent by the church. We are here to minister to you, and here is the gift that the church is bringing to you because God 
God has blessed us so much, we want to help you with all your needs. Ministering to people. Stay with me now. Ministering to people. I can't get it off my mind. I can't get it off my mind how important it is for the church to minister. And then he goes on and he says this. He says giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. They just didn't just minister and throw it out there. Everything according to the scriptures that we're reading, when they would minister, everything was done decent and in order. I'll tell you how I know that. Because that word's giving and receiving. You know what it means when you study it? It means this. Putting it in a book. Thought that was so interesting. It means putting it in a book. You say, what do you mean by that? Okay. Here's the way it works. Church, we got Brother Zach here tonight. He's from Hemphill out in Haywood County. What we want to do as a church family is this church wants to be a blessing to his church. So what we are going to do is we are going to send a gift from this church to be a gift to him at his church. All in favor, say amen. 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 So then what they did was they would write down on one side the gift that was given. And then whoever went to deliver that gift they would write down on the other side the gift that was received. So that the gift that was given would always match up with the gift that was received. Are you with me? And man, when I got to studying that, I thought, wow, that is so decent. That is so in order. That is the way God does things, amen? You just don't start throwing a bunch of stuff out there, start throwing a bunch of stuff out there, just start throwing a bunch of stuff out there. Everything is accountable. So when you give the gift and they receive the gift, the gift that was given and the gift that was received, they always matched up to a T. That's what it means. I thought, wow. This church in Philippi had some things together. They had some things figured out. They knew exactly what it meant to minister, and they knew why they was doing it. But this was the only church that gave. We as a church, we as a church need to minister. Minister. I studied the word minister because I said, you know what? It's easy to say, let's minister. It's easy to say, let's be a ministering church. But the Lord so dealt with me today, what does it mean to minister? What does the word ministry even mean? What is, I mean, if you even, if you even begin to think about it, all right, pastor, I I see where God's leading us. I'm with it. I'm in. I'm all in. I want to be a part of ministry. I want to serve. I want to do what God would have me to do. But what does it mean? The word minister means a chief servant. If you look up the word minister in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, listen to these definitions. An agent appointed to manage under the authority of another. That's interesting, ain't it? But listen to this definition. One to whom a king entrusts. Wow. If you are going to minister, 
According to the Webster's Dictionary, to minister means one to whom the king entrusts. I hope that blesses you as much as it blesses me. One to whom the king entrusts. That means, Lord, I am a servant of the Most High God. Amen? I want to be and do exactly what you would have me to be and do. I want to go and say exactly what you would have me to go and say. And I want to deliver whatever it is that you would have me to deliver. And Lord, the only way that I will ever be able to minister is you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you must trust the one that you are sending. Well, I pray. I pray that every single person at Pleasant Hill Missionary Baptist Church one day will will hear, well done, thou good and faithful. And boy, what a blessing it would be if just God would look down on this place, if God would just look down on this property, if God would just look down on this building, if God would just look down on the souls that attended this place, and he could look and he could say, well done, church, I can trust you to minister to the needs of the people. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get in a little bit deeper. Listen now. 2 Corinthians 9. It says they minister seed to the sower. Ephesians 4 says they ministered grace to the hearers. Exodus 29. It said that Aaron was to minister in the priest's office. But then the Lord led me to this reference. If you've ever wondered, as I have been wondering, (laughs) as God is now leading me to prayerfully lead us into a deeper ministry that God would give us to do. Little did Grayson Bell know that Monday night he mentioned one of these to me. (laughs) And I just want to share with you just some directions of what it means and what it might look like ministry. Matthew 25, see if you've ever heard this before. When saw thee, when saw we thee, here's a good ministry, you ready? When saw we thee hungry? When saw we thee hungry? What a ministry. Amen? Then he says, Or when did we ever see you when you was thirsty? We didn't know you as we didn't know you was the stranger, or naked, or sick. Here it goes, Grayson, or in prison. We had no idea. And then it goes on in Matthew 25 and it says the hungry and the thirsty and the stranger and the naked and the sick and the prison. And then it says, and we did not minister unto thee. And we did not minister unto thee. That's everything that Paul is saying that this church had done for him. Minister unto thee. 
When you study Matthew 25, that word minister means to be an attendant. It means to wait upon. It means a Christian teacher. It means a pastor. It means a deacon. It means a minister. And it means a servant. In other words, when you study the word minister in Matthew chapter number 25, you know who it covers? (laughs) You ready for this? You know who it covers? It covers us all. It covers from the pastor to the deacon to the teacher to the servants to the Christian. It covers us all. And what Christ is calling each of us to be is ministers. To minister to people who have needs. Are you with me? 32 verses. 32 verses in the Strong's Concordance where the Greek word is used minister or ministry or servant. 32 verses. And if you're wondering what the number is in your, in your concordance, it's this, G for Greek, and it's verse, it's, it's, it's 1247, 1247. And that's the word that has 32 verses that steps out, that steps out and shows us how important it is that we as believers minister to needs of people all around us. Matthew 4.11. Help me out, Brant. Matthew 4.11. Now this one right here has really been on my mind today. Then the devil leaveth him, speaking of Jesus. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Angels came and ministered unto him. This has been on my mind all day because we are leading prayerfully, hopefully, I believe it's God's will for this church to be led next year into ministry. And this has been on my mind all day. How in the world did the angels minister to Jesus? What was Jesus dealing with? What had he just faced Where was he at mentally? And what did the angels do to minister to the very Son of God? It's interesting. That's a lot to pray about. (laughs) Matthew 8, 15. Matthew 8, 15. And he touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered Unto them. Wow. What does that mean? What does that mean that after he touched her and after she was healed? What does it mean that she ministered unto them? I want to know. How about Matthew 20 and verse number 28? Even as a son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So we have found out so far that the angels ministered to Christ, that one that was healed ministered to people, and now Jesus himself is saying, 
I have come to minister to you. And I'm going to give my life a ransom for many. This word ministry goes deep, church. Matthew 25, 44. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, here it is, hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee. If there has ever been an umbrella of ministry that Jesus Christ has placed in the very Word of God, there is the umbrella of ministry. There it is. The hungry, the thirsty, the strangers, the naked, the sick, and those that are in prison. Lord, when did we ever see you in these places and we did not minister unto you? Wow. Ministry. A church that is involved in ministry. Look, look at Luke 10, 40. Look at Luke 10, 40. But Martha was covered about much serving. You know that word serving there in the Greek is the same word as ministry. And ministering. About with much serving. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me? Here it is again. To serve alone. Bid her therefore that she help me. You say, yeah, she should have been at Jesus' feet. That's where she should have been. She should have been at Jesus' feet. But you know what was on her mind? Ministry. Ministry. Serving. Taking care of. Doing what God, what she felt like God would have her to do. Serving. Ministry. Is anyone getting it tonight? Luke twenty two twenty six. I've got several. I'm not going to go through uh, 32 of them. But ye shall not be so, but he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. Serve. Amen. Listen now, look at John 12 too. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. It's that word ministry. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Served. Ministry. Keep it in your mind, church. Ministry. Served. Think about it. Hungry. Thirsty. Strangers. Naked. Sick. Prison. Hungry. Thirsty. Strangers. Naked. Sick prison. Ministry. 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 John 12, 26. We've got a couple more. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Serve. Ministry. Ministry. Amen. Let's, let's look at Acts 6 2. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. That's when the deacons were set up. Because they knew there had to be ministry, they knew they had to be service. Are you with me? Amen. Amen.
couple more. 1 Timothy 3.10. Here it is. You're going to find this very interesting. And let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon. You know what that word deacon is in the Greek? It's the same word as the ministry. And it's the same word as serving. It's the same identical Greek Word. I'm going to go ahead and throw something else out there. This Greek word is diak and eo. You know what that means? To use the office of a deacon. To use the office of a deacon. But remember who it, who it encompasses. A Christian teacher, a pastor, a deacon, a minister, and a servant. These 32 verses point to the church. These 32 verses point to serving. These 32 verses in the Bible point to ministry. And God honors ministry. 1 Timothy 3.13. I'll, I'll finish up. For they that have used the office of a deacon, it's the same word as ministry and servant, well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Let's end with this one. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. And every man hath received the gift, even so minister... The same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Go to verse number 11. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. And the church says, Amen. Wow. If you're going to minister... If you're going to serve, if you're going to help, do it so that Jesus Christ will be glorified. Well, I can't believe you did this. Oh, it come from the Lord. I can't believe your church done that for us. Oh, it come from the Lord. I can't believe your church is getting focused on that. No, 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 no. It all comes from God. Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. Amen. All we are is a funnel. He's blessed us and we want to be a blessing to you. If you're going to thank someone, thank him. Are you with me? Man, wonder what would happen. Wonder what would happen if we get laser focused on ministry. I'm about finished. Stay with me now. Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again under my necessity. You know what he's saying? He said, no matter where I went, you guys took care of me. He said, you just didn't do it once. He said, you kept doing it. You know what I see right here, Preacher Zach, when I'm studying this? I not only see a caring church, a caring church, but you know what else I see? I see a consistent church. You got a need? You out here sharing the gospel? You need some help? We'll help you. You telling people about Jesus? We'll help you. You say you're sick? Can you just can you just imagine this, preacher? Can you just imagine a ministry of just helping the sick? Just helping sick people. Can you just imagine a ministry of helping? People that are naked. 
Can you just imagine the ministry of helping people who are in prison? In prison. I talked to a young man Monday night. You know where he just got out of? Where did he just get out of, Grayson? Jail. I sat and I talked to him. You know what he said to me? He said, God's restoring my soul. He said, I need some help. I need the Lord to help me. Ministering, amen. Are you with me? Stay with me now. Listen, please, church. Wow. So we see the caring church and the consistent church. But I want you to notice something in verse 17 and 18. And I got one more verse. One more thought and I'll I'll be finished. I want you to notice their sacrificial giving. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Paul knows and he's reminding the church and he's reminding us and I'm preaching this to remind us that when you minister and when you do what God would lead you to do, did you know all of this he is addressing the church? And when we do as a church what God would have us to do as a church, he said this fruit may abound to your account. Then he says this, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received of, here's the man's name, Aphrodite, the things which were sent from you. Now look what he says, an odor, a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. A sacrifice. But a sacrifice that is acceptable. A sacrifice that is well-pleasing, but a sacrifice of a sweet smell. I wrote this down. It's more than a percentage. Let's, Let's give a percent here, or let's help a percent here. It's more than a percentage. You know what it is? It's a sacrifice. Did you know... The Lord dealt with me about it like this. If anyone in this church, including myself, if we jump full bore in the ministry, trust me, you will have to sacrifice something. You will. But this is the funny part about it. We want to talk about ministry. We want to talk about helping. We want to talk about being in God's will. We want to be a church that is well-pleasing to the Lord, a sweet smell. We want, to, we want to talk about that. But when we're talking about it, don't give us something that's going to cost us anything. And don't give us something that I might miss a Saturday. Surely you wouldn't want me to miss a Saturday to minister to somebody, preacher. Surely you wouldn't want to... I done spend enough time over here at this place. Why in the world? You always want people to be over here at the church. Why do we need to sacrifice? Because ministry is a sacrifice. Ministry is a sacrifice. We will all have to sacrifice something if we are going to minister the way we need to minister. Can you imagine when the Holy Ghost walks through the pews and the aisles of Pleasant Hill and he goes, I like what I'm smelling. Amen. Amen. 
I like the aroma taking place. Ooh, I smell the sweetness of the sacrifice of the church. It's well pleasing to the Father. And at the end of the day, what else matters? God, are you pleased? Are you pleased? I told you this. I've been reading through the Gospels. Myself, Pastor Jason, Pastor Zach, we've been reading through the Gospels. And I've noticed Jesus gets his disciples and he sits down with them and he teaches them. And then when he finishes teaching his disciples, they go out and then the multitude gathers around them. And then you know what they do? They minister to them. Jesus heals The disciples are standing there going, what in the world just happened? And then they go into the synagogues and Jesus does all these wonderful things. And then he says, let's depart and let's get away. Let's send the multitude away and let's let's get alone. And then Jesus teaches them. And then they learn and and then they go right back out. You know what they do? They minister. And then Jesus pulls them back aside and says, hey guys, for chapter after chapter after chapter, he teaches them. Then he says, all right. Here they come. There's 5,000 of them. They're hungry. We need bread. We need fish. Oh, no. What are we going to do? So then he ministers and he's teaching. And he pulls them aside and they minister. And he's teaching. And then they go out and here they come again. And they minister and they teach. And then he pulls them aside and says, All right, guys, here's here's what we got to do. And I'm going... All right, Lord, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. So there was sacrificial giving. But notice this. This is to the church. Look at verse 19. You can quote this for yourself, and it's good. But in the context of what we're reading, this verse is for the church. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You can't minister too much, you'll go broke. You can't minister too much, people will burn out. You can't do it too much, preacher. You just can't do it too much. You fixing to mess the whole place up. (laughs) Well... Since you said it that way, I guess we better not minister. I guess we better not serve. I guess we better not help. Unless we realize where the blessings come from. You ready for this? There's a great provider in verse 19. You know what his name is? God. But my God, it's a great provider. Hey, there's some great assurance in verse number 19. You know what it says? It says, my God, and here it is, shall supply all your needs. I mean, that's, that's, that's some great assurance right there. Amen. Food and clothing and shelter. Not only that, but it also means mental and emotionally and spiritually. When you study this verse, my God shall supply all your needs. 
That not only means he will supply the food. He will supply the clothing. He will supply the shelter. But guess what, church? He will help you mentally. He will help you physically. And he will help us spiritually. He shall supply all our needs. It's amazing to me. So we're looking at a great God. He's the one. Hey, we're, we're looking at... A great assurance. Then we've got to understand where it's all coming from. Where's it all going to come from, preacher? What do you mean we're going to help? What do you mean we're going to help? What do you mean we're going to help? Where is it going to come from? Same place it's always come from. But my God shall supply all your need according to, here's where it's going to come from, His riches and glory. That's where it's going to come from. His riches and glory. And you know where it comes from? I wrote this down. It comes from a great Savior. By Christ Jesus. The promise that is given to the church. But here's what's amazing about it, Dwayne. Not the promise that's given to a church but the promise that is giving to a ministering church brother Joe you told me something one time you said you truly believed that the reason that God has blessed this place the way that he has blessed it since you and your family has been coming here is because of the giving and the missions and the focus of this church. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? 